When it comes to growth as individuals or leaders, forward momentum is important. There's usually a big picture of where you want to go, but sometimes it's hard knowing the right steps to carry it forward. In the next three episodes, we're going to share three steps to help you move forward. Welcome to the Multiply Podcast, a podcast by Jason Williams designed to help you do your part to change the world. Welcome to the very first episode of Multiply Podcast, where we want to help you do your part to change the world. As you heard earlier, I'm Jason Williams, the pastor of Foundation Church, also the organizer of Multiply Network, and we're very excited to launch this podcast series. Each month, our staff will work really hard to generate practical and relevant content that you can use to impact others around you, because we believe when lives are changed, the world is changed. So each lesson is going to come with a downloadable resource that will include notes and shareable quotes and links to other podcasts or books. You can find those resources at www.multiplynetwork.info. We want you to give us feedback. So if you have any questions, you can send them to multiplypodcast02 at gmail.com. So as we dive into the content today of helping you learn how to move forward as an individual or a leader in your organization and build that forward momentum, we realize that one of the biggest battles in growth for that forward momentum is actually discernment. More specifically, what steps that you need to take or we need to take in order to build that forward momentum. And so when we think about the process of growth, building this forward momentum, We have to realize that growth seems to always start from something or somewhere small. Usually we're looking for something to create a lot of excitement, a lot of energy, but most oftentimes forward momentum comes in small steps and small stages. Think about a child. A child starts as an embryo. A tree will start as a seed. Foundation Church, the church that I pastor, started in my living room with just 42 people, and now we're in a building And we have nearly 300 in attendance in just around three years alone. So this introduces a very key principle for growth when we're talking about building the big picture and the forward momentum. We have to learn to think small. That's the key principle we want to highlight and underscore today in this podcast. As a listener, if you learn to think small, the big picture doesn't have to overwhelm you. When I think about the vision of our church, our vision statement here at Foundation Church is simply a vision to change lives. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, One of our our members here at Foundation Church, one of our people that really help us in the trenches doing the work of the ministry here at Foundation Church actually came up with that vision statement. When they first told me about that vision statement, I actually was against it uh, for two reasons. First of all, I thought about a vision to change life. I can't do that. And so it was overwhelming to me. Secondly, I didn't want it to be an arrogant statement, as if something that we can do. But the more I thought about that statement, the more I saw the power of that truth in that vision statement, a vision to change lives. Though it was overwhelming to me, I realized only God can change a life. And so we love to say around here at Foundation Church, a vision to change lives, because that's something only God can do. But see, we have a part. Our part is we can do simple acts of kindness. We can express generosity. And God can use that as we share the gospel through our lips and how we live to change other people's lives. 
So that vision statement has become life to us, but we had to learn how to think small. What does God use? How does God work? He uses people. He uses the actions and the efforts of others and the energy of others and even the prayers of others to change people's lives. So actually taking a step back from the big picture calls me to realize if we think small, we can actually create daily actions so we can figure out what to do with the big picture. Some of you may feel stuck right now. How do I move forward? How do I get my organization? How do I get my team to move forward? Because you feel like you're in a holding pattern. This reminds me of a quote by Michael Hyatt when he says, to accomplish our goals, we must distill our dreams into daily actions. What you can actually do is think small. As you do that, it not only helps you as an individual, but it helps groups of people as well. When churches or businesses or any group of people learn to think small, they can learn to gain that forward momentum because they're no longer stuck in the seemingly impossible details. Let me give you uh, an illustration of that. I remember recently being in a meeting where everyone uh, was feeling overwhelmed with a task that we needed to complete. We were actually planning an event that seemed so impossible, and the list of impossibilities continued to grow for this group And everyone was feeling the sense of being overwhelmed and even frustrated. We felt stuck. How do we move forward? I was in the middle of writing this content and thinking about the power of thinking small. And I shared this key principle right in the midst of this meeting that we need to think small about this event. All of a sudden, inspiration and insight just shifted the atmosphere of the room. And in a matter of minutes, we had a plan moving forward. And the plan is still carrying us today as it was built off the energy and the efforts of just one single event. What happened was the big picture, what we needed to accomplish, caused this mental block. And it actually prevented progress. But we started to think small. All of a sudden, we removed the mental blocks so that thoughts and inspiration and ideas could flow once again. I'm sure you're probably thinking, what's the secret? How did we move forward to where we could get to a place where we could think small and crush these feelings of being overwhelmed for us all? Because I'm sure you want to try that as well. You, you maybe have had some meetings lately where you want to try to put this into action. And so what I would say to you concerning this principle, this key principle of growth about thinking small, I want to, I want to build a little bit onto that right now. I want you to think small by reducing the decision to who and not what. Usually, what we have to do is what overwhelms us. And so many times we forget about the power of who is around us. Who is in the room? Who's at the table? What skill sets do they have? What unique abilities do they bring to the table where we can diversify the event, we can diversify the focus, we can diversify the energy and delegate it out to each individual person in that room and their strengths where they may have a strength that we're... You have a weakness, and we can accomplish that task more effectively, more efficiently, and even faster as a result of thinking small by reducing the decision to who and not just what. You know, this worked for another leader who led a nation out of over 400 years of slavery to freedom and protection. This leader was Moses. He was a masterful leader in the Old Testament of the Bible, and Moses was rebuked Yes, he was rebuked by his father-in-law, Jethro, 
because he was so focused on what he was doing and not on the people around him, Moses started hurting himself and God's people. His protection and focus on the big picture of what he had to do was actually leading to his own burnout and the frustration of the people in need. But thankfully, God used Jethro, and Jethro saw it and he spoke up. Listen to the words of Jethro. I'm telling you, this is thinking small at its best. And how you can focus on who and not just what, it can prevent burnout and it can help you execute a plan that leads to forward momentum. Here's what Jethro said. What is this that you're doing for the people? Why do you sit alone? And all the people stand around you from morning to evening. So let me give you the interpretation of what Jethro was saying. Moses, why are you doing this yourself? You have more resources around you, people that can actually help you. Jethro was asking Moses to think small, to actually focus on who and not just what he needed to do. Jethro will eventually tell Moses to choose able men to judge with him. By doing so, it would prevent burnout and allow for forward progress and completion of the overwhelming task that Moses had. For Moses, the task was working through the problems of an entire nation of people. Now, I I can just imagine what it must have been like for Moses to work through the problems of an entire nation of people. You see, I'm a pastor. Some of you are going to be business leaders. Some of you are just going to be ministry uh, marketplace leaders. And you get overwhelmed with just a handful of people's problems at a time. I know for me as a pastor, uh, in living in the day and age in which we live today, we're more accessible to people than we've ever been. I mean, we get text messages in the night. We get phone calls in the night. Uh, We get text messages in the morning. We get phone calls throughout the day. Somebody's calling with a financial problem. Somebody's calling with a spiritual need. Somebody's calling with a suicidal thought. Somebody's calling with a a failed marriage or a marriage that's on the brink of failure. And, And all of these problems for me as a pastor oftentimes overwhelm me. I feel like I can't handle it all. And truth is, I can't. Now, we need God, but we also need the help of other people. So God has set up in the order of the church that there would be elders and there would be deacons, but also that the body of Christ could be trained to do the work of ministry so that we can share the load of problems and challenges that people have and intentionally, relationally invest in them to help them work through those problems and find Christ and the will of God for their life. As a matter of fact, it can be the people's problems that actually prevent us from seeing the power of thinking small. You know, this has been the case for me at times. Sometimes I stereotype someone. Sometimes I look at someone's past or their experiences or where they are today, and I fail to see the power of how they can contribute and ways that they can give to the work of God or to move the organization forward. So we don't need to let other people's problems prevent us from seeing the power of thinking small who and not what. I know that people can betray us, they can hurt us, they can disappoint us, they can fail us, they can make mistakes, but that cannot overthrow us in our effort to use the people around you. You need people in your life. I need people in my life. We have a saying here at Foundation Church, we are better together. Throughout the Bible, diversity was actually a strength that we oftentimes minimize or overlook. The church at Corinth was a great example of that. 
They were so caught up in each other's gifts and abilities, they lost sight that God had given, given them this diversity so that they could be more effective at ministering to each other and to the world. So let me just share with you one quick thought to why I believe it is best to think small, who and not what. I want you to grab hold of this truth. So when you're in a meeting and your, your team is stalled, they, they seem to be uh, caught up in all the endless and impossible details, you can stop that meeting. Say, guys, we can learn to think small. Ladies and gentlemen, we can learn to think small. Focus on who's in the room. Focus on who has gifts and abilities that might be able to help. Focus on who can do their equal share and part in this task instead of being so overwhelmed with what you have to do. So here's a quick thought. The greatest leader of human history is Jesus Christ. And he practiced this principle of thinking small, who, not what. You see, Jesus was tasked with saving the world. And he lived 33 and a half years on earth. He certainly knew what it was going to accomplish or what it was going to take to save the world. That meant to die on the cross. That was the big picture for Jesus. Going to the cross was his step for every day. He lived 33 and a half years, eventually fulfilled the Father's plan. He died on the cross to, to become the substitute for mankind's sin problem. Yet Jesus chose to focus on who he was taking with him, and he discipled them. Jesus actually invested about 75% of his time with the disciples and only 25% of his time with large crowds. This leadership strategy eventually worked well for Jesus, and we see the power of it even after Jesus' death. Within one generation of Jesus ascending to the Father, his disciples had made enough impact on people to turn the world upside down. That is thinking small at its best. He chose to focus on 12 people. One's going to reject him. He focused and invested 75% of his time in who he was developing as he was going to the cross, the big picture. And as a result of that, they were able to turn the world upside down for Jesus. Can you imagine if Jesus died on the cross and rose again and there was nobody to tell the story? Had Jesus not thought about thinking small who and not just what, the mission could no longer be carried out. The gospel couldn't go to the ends of the earth. It takes people as that resource. That's why it's so important to focus on who and not just what. As a matter of fact, I want to read you Acts 17 verse 6 that helps us understand they turned the world upside down. It says, when they could not find him, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities shouting, these men who have turned the world upside down, there it is, have also come here. They turned the world upside down. The what of changing the world, that was God's plan, was reduced to who? The disciples. And this was how the world was changed. So this is the power of thinking small at its best. And I want to say to our listeners today, no matter what organization, uh, what field of work you're in, people are the biggest asset to world change. Let me say that again. People are the biggest asset to world change. And small deposits over time into people's lives can lead to big and huge returns. And Jesus' example actually proves this. The disciples were able to carry the mission farther than Jesus was. 
Jesus actually promised that they would. In John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these he will do because I'm going to the Father. So Jesus was telling the disciples that you will actually do more and greater works than me. But they had to do exactly what Jesus did. They had to think small. They had to focus on who and not just what. Jesus tells them to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. The task of making disciples of all nations, that's a huge task to reach to the ends of the earth and develop people that are going to love God and walk with God and reach others with the gospel. That's, that's a huge task. But they had to reduce it through the power of thinking small. Who do I need to invest in? Who does Peter need to invest in? Who did John need to invest in? And through that intentional relational investment into other people, peoples in other cultures with the gospel, they were able to be used of God to reach the world and turn it upside down within the first generation. So I want to say to you today, the power of thinking small can help you build that forward momentum that you pray for, that you hope for, that you plan for. And I want to do something just for just a few minutes. I actually want to review and then give you some discussion questions for you to think about as an individual or as a leader in an organization. You can actually do these questions and answer these questions as a group to help you learn the power of thinking small, who, not what. So the key principle is we need to learn to think small. As we build on that, we learn to think small by focusing in on who it is that's around us, who we're investing in, who is going with us in this vision that we're trying to carry out, instead of focusing on what needs to be accomplished. I would like to say as a church body, as a pastor in a church body, we have to practice the power of thinking small. We have to focus in on not just what we're doing, but who we're doing it with. And God can use that to change people's lives. So here's some discussion questions. Number one, does the big picture ever overwhelm you? you? You may find yourself that in a position where the big picture overwhelms you. And all I would say is take a step back and ask, who around you might be able to help you accomplish what needs to take place? Number two, are you trying to do too much? You know, sometimes we get overwhelmed, we get frustrated, we can't accomplish forward momentum because we're drained. We're dry, trying to do too much. Physically, we need time to rest. We need time to recover. Energy, uh, your energy is a renewable resource. You just may need to take a step back, take some time to rest, to renew yourself in prayer, to renew yourself in reading God's Word. Uh, maybe take a vacation so that you can be refreshed to build the forward momentum that you need to build. So what is overwhelming you that you could actually delegate or get someone else to help you with? That may be one of the ways that you prevent burnout and actually build forward momentum. The last question I'd like to give you is, how much time are you allocating to invest in people to be sure they understand the vision and the values? We have a saying that I learned from someone else, vision is caught more than it's taught. If that's the case, if vision is caught more than it's taught, we need to intentionally, relationally invest in others in order that the vision will become clear to the people around you. People are your greatest asset to the vision that you have in your heart. So as a leader in organization or as an individual, 
it's going to be extremely important that you take time not just to do the work of the vision, to accomplish the what of the mission, but to invest in the people around you. Because just like with Jesus, they can help you carry the vision further and faster than you can by yourself. Thank you for joining us on the Multiply Podcast. If you want to go deeper into this episode and get the leadership guide and show notes, visit multiplynetwork.info. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media.